A few weeks ago, I don't know, maybe four weeks ago it could have been, God uh, gave me a message about hearing the voice of God. And this Wednesday, I was sitting back there wondering what God was going to pull out and, and, and put in me to share today. And I, I love it. I, I love not getting too big of a hurry because God has a wonderful way of speaking to you when he needs to. And as Pastor Jim was preaching an incredible message on heart, and by the way, you need to get back this Wednesday because he's going to be sharing more. And boy, it was rich and thick and full of just wisdom. Thank you so much for the word. But God birthed out of me, showed me four things about our heart that we need to really take inventory in if we're going to hear God's voice. I'm going to show it to you in just a little bit. But I'm going to pray that God will use this message. We're going to talk about repairing your heart to hearing God. Now, notice I could have put preparing your heart to hear God. We hear messages on that. No, I'm talking about repairing your heart. Because some of you this morning may have some broken hearts. You may have a damaged heart. And that can hinder you hearing God's voice. And God showed me clearly this week what we're going to go, how we're going to go with this this morning. So, but pray for me that God uses this, okay? Because I don't want to miss it. I don't really want to miss this. So we're going to see where God's going to, going to take us, this fresh message, this fresh word God has given me fresh this week. So let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for this powerful time in worship, God. God, my heart is overwhelmed, God, of what you do if we just learn to trust you. If we just learn to wait on you, God. If we just learn to hear you, God. Oh, it's so much better when we get in that place in our lives. Rather than us trying to figure it out on our own and us trying to do everything. But God, this morning, as you have deposited this word in my heart, I pray that, God, that we will find areas today that, God, that may need to be repaired that may, we may need to take some inventory, God, but I pray that, Father, that you would anoint this word, anoint me, God, as I surrender myself to you as your servant. God, you bought me with your precious son, with the blood that flowed at Calvary. I'm bought. I belong to you, God. I no longer belong to me, God. My ways are now your ways, God. I, I, I'm obedient to you. And God, I'm excited to be able to yield to you this morning and just say, God, here I am. Use me as your servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Wilma. You know, I don't think there's anyone, as much as I loved all of our other worship paths, there is no one can lead you into the word better than my wife. I, I'm not going to lie on that one. I mean, I, we're not online, we're not live right now, so David's not hearing that, but I'll tell David to, yeah, seriously. Pastor Doug, when we was over in Harrison, said, Wilma, get up here. She, she just has a way of melting you into the presence of God. I, there's an anointing in her fingers. And by the way, pray for her fingers. She had me get up the other morning. She said, so would you massage my hands? I said, yeah, baby, what's wrong? She said, my fingers are so sore. I'm not used to playing the keys like that. And see, see she's done it all right. I didn't think about that. So I'm going to buy her a hand massage this week. Blessed be God. You love your pastors. You love Pastor Wilma, and that's who she is, by the way. She's Pastor Wilma, along with me, Pastor Pastor Wilma. You know, buy her a massage the coupon for the whatever Cassie's happy fingers, happy toes. Whatever. I don't know what you call them. 
you ladies go there. I know one thing. I, I sure get that bill on my checkbook. I said, Cassie's nails every, every once a month. I'm like, see, I told you, I don't even know what it's called. Is it Casey's? Kate, sorry, Cassie's, Casey's, whatever. Us guys, we don't, I don't get it. You know, I'm sorry. I'm the best you got. But praise the Lord. Thank God for Casey's. Casey's. Amen. Thank God for them. Making their toes beautiful. and big. I need to get off that. <laughs> okay, let, let's dive in. Okay, a few weeks ago, again, God put in my heart about hearing his voice. And that's critical. And I want you to ask yourself that question. Are you hearing God's voice? And what, what does that mean? And when you hear God's voice, sometimes it could come in many different fashions in many different ways. For me, it's this gut-wrenching passion that he's burning in my heart to do something. And he, and he reveals things to me. And, and the number one question, remember I, I told you this, number one question people always ask is, is Pastor, how do I hear God's voice? And, and, and remember the mess, I hope you remembered it, but let me give you a little review. Uh, if you want to know if it's God's voice or not, does it line up with God's word? Because now remember, God's voice will always line up according to his word. They're not going to contradict one another. And so he will line up with the word. And secondly, if you know if it's God's word, is, is, it, is it going to make you a better person? Is what you're about to do, is it going to make you a better Christian? You're going to look more like Christ if you do it. And the third thing it does is, is, is how you know if it's God's voice is there are people, godly people, who will confirm it. Have that ever happened to you? They will, you will be praying about something. Someone come up to you and say, hey, God is telling me that, you know, what have you been praying for? God's getting ready to do that. So other people will confirm it. It doesn't even have to be a prophet. Just speak. God can use anyone to confirm what he's trying to tell you to do and, and what he's speaking to you about. And, and the last one is the most, the, the, the one I enjoy the most is you'll have complete total peace about it. You'll just be at peace. You'll know it's God. It's God's speaking to you. Now, anytime that you get real nervous or something's not going right or you're trying to shove a door open, that's probably not God's voice. Because God's voice will always give you peace and it'll just flow. It'll just, it'll just work. And I'm going to just be telling myself, when, when, um, when, when we were in this process of the transition with Pastor Dave and, and the process of, of, a, of a music pastor, I wasn't at peace with myself. I was looking at this avenue, looking at this one, looking at that one, looking here, looking there. We even, there's a company, you know, there's a company that actually can help find us a music pastor. And we actually had talked to a guy and not that we're doing it or anything, but there are, there are ministries that that's what they're hired to do is to find the church, a pastor or a music pastor, a children's pastor, youth pastors. And, and, and so I just thought, well, I'll call the guy. It doesn't hurt anything. It's free. Just talk to the guy. And he, he shows up. But, but through that, after it was all over, I thought, that's, that's good and fine and dandy. But here's the thing. I didn't have peace. I didn't have peace about that. But it's nice knowing that they're there if you probably need some. But I didn't have peace about that. God did not give me peace. And some of the elders, they didn't have peace. It just, and so God has a different plan. And how do you know if it's God's voice, if you have peace about it or not? Now, I, I, I dwelt on that a little too long. But again, over this past month, God has really been burning in my heart about hearing his voice and getting the body of Christ to a place where you can hear his voice. 
Well, you don't have to call me. God is speaking to you directly, telling you what you need to do. All you need to do is call me and confirm it, and I'll confirm it, and we'll pray about it, and I'll cheer you on, and we'll we'll just rejoice with you as you're going on the journey. But you, as a born-again believer, should be able to hear God's voice. And that's my passion, is for all of us to hear the voice of God. But the question of it is, is why are not people able to hear the voice of God? Because I I believe there's voices going on in the world today, and there's two voices. There's a voice of the enemy, and there's a voice of God. There's only two. And trust me, and, and we're seeing our culture, our world, listening to the wrong voice. And if, you're, if you don't understand, if you don't have this thing right and fixed, you could listen to the wrong voice and make the wrong move. And I really truly believe that as I was studying the scriptures this week, that God revealed to me that it is about a broken heart. And the reason why people can't hear God's voice is because they have gotten their heart wounded or damaged, or it is broken in some way. So let's talk about repairing your heart to hear God. And, and, and as I thought about that, you know, Denny, I don't really believe that married couples have marital problems. I believe they have heart problems. I don't believe that we have drinking problems, drug problems. We have a heart problem. I want to say that again. We don't have an addiction. We have a heart problem. We don't have a lust problem. We have a heart problem. You know why? Because the Word of God tells us that. Let me show it to you. Proverbs 4, verses 23. Above all else, listen to what he tells us to do here. Guard this thing right here with everything you've got. Guard your heart. Why? For everything you do flows from it. Are you getting this this morning? And so, so again, you, we think we may have a gambling problem, or we think we may have an eating disorder. We forget about eating all the time. We pick on the drugs and alcohol. No, we got gluttony problem too, church. We got people overweight, unhealthy, and we talk, but we don't want to talk about that. Listen to me. It, it all fits in this category, but what we have is a heart problem. Something's happened to the heart that it's damaged it, and we have to get it repaired, because if we can't get it repaired, then the enemy's got us trapped. And by the way, the one who wounds the heart, the one who damages the heart, is the enemy. Now, and so, and by the way, and this also includes hearing the voice of God Whenever, whenever, and you put all that in the category as well, you will struggle hearing the voice of God. Now, let me give you some scriptures here in Proverbs 3, verses 6, because this is what he's wanting us to do. Listen for God's voice. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everything. Every decision you make, doesn't matter if you're getting married, doesn't matter if you're buying a house, doesn't matter if you're buying a car. Everything you do, listen for God's voice. It's important that we do that. And everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. So why is it important that we understand that we could have a heart problem? Even Jesus said said it this way, his words. He says in Luke 8, 8, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, all this sounds wonderful, but people say, why can't I hear him then? Could have a heart problem here. Let's see if we do here in a moment. And so if you're struggling to hear God's voice, I want you to ask yourself the question, are there things in your heart that could be causing you from hearing 
God's voice. Now, I love reading the stories of Jesus and his parables. And there was a parable I was looking at this week as, as, as I heard that what, what Jim was speaking on. And, and I, this is the best story I could find. And I realized that this story that Jesus tells in this parable of a sower who's sowing seeds. Now, the ground, I want you to think of the ground as the heart. I want you to think of it this way. As I read it, and I want to see if you can see what I'm seeing here, and I'll break it down here in just a moment. In Luke 8, verses 5 and 8, now let's set it up. A farmer went out, this is Jesus telling the disciple, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it, and some fell on rocky ground. There's the second one. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell the third time among thorns, which grew up with it and it choked the plants. Still, here's the fourth one. Other seed fell on what now? Good soil, a good heart. You get what I'm saying? This is what I'm saying. A good heart, it came up and what did it do? It yielded a crop. Healthy things grow, church. If you have a healthy heart, you're going to grow healthy spiritually. You're going to yield a crop. You're going to grow fruit. An unhealthy, an unhealthy plant is not going to yield a crop, not going to grow anything. A hundred times more, it yields a crop, a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has, hear it again now, whoever has ears, to hear, let them hear. God is talking and speaking to us every day, church, but our hearts are sometimes not receiving it. Why? Because is it damaged? Is there something there that's stopping God's voice from penetrating and, and digging root into your heart? Are you seeing what I saw this week? So... Here's the question we're going to try to answer. God showed me four things, and here's the question I want you to think about as we walk through this and as we tread this soil this morning. This is what I want you to ask. What needs to be repaired in our hearts to hear God's voice? I want to pause, and I want you to ask yourself that question right now. Is there anything in my heart that's been wounded, that's been broken, that's been damaged, and all I do is focus on that, and my soil is not receiving what God is trying to tell me, and that soul is your heart. Everybody with me now? So let's go. I'm going to show you four things that I saw this week, and these are the four things that God was showing me, uh, Pastor Jim, as you shared on Wednesday night. It was so powerful. Again, get yourself back here. And by the way, you need to get out to prayer. Oh, my goodness gracious. You talking about fixing things, and you talking about God moving. Our prayer times, we're meeting every, every Wednesday evening at 545 over there in our new facilities. That building's not used for anything else, though. will not be used for anything else until the carpet and everything's in it. But it is going to be used for prayers from here on out. 
Because Wilma and the team needs this room to worship <laughs> and practice. But I just feel that is, that is what that room is going to be designed for, our prayer room. And it's just, we're going to saturate it with prayer. I'm excited about our prayer room, man. It's looking good. Y'all getting ready to go in there to fix that up, make it look good. They got different lights. It's going to be soft. When people are going through difficulties, I got broken hearts, damaged hearts. You can get them in there and we can get those hearts repaired. So let me show you four things about the heart that maybe need to be repaired, okay? The first one is this. We have to identify when your heart has been contaminated from hearing God. Ask yourself the question, what are you looking at that you shouldn't be looking at? Where are you going that you shouldn't be going? What are some things that you're doing or allowing in your life that you shouldn't be allowing in your life? That it is contaminating your heart. Because if it contaminates your heart, it's going to contaminate everything. You will not hear God's voice. In Luke 8, verses 12, this is where we get it now. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. The word, what is the word? That is his, the wor- his voice lines up with his word. That is him speaking. That's how he speaks. From the word, takes it from the word, from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. The enemy's going to do everything he can do, church, to contaminate your heart. Because he knows that if he can get to your heart, he's got to you from hearing God. He's, he's going to get to you from obeying God, doing what God wants you to do. And he's going to get you to become a slave of him. And you will follow him rather than following the voice that's trying to t- talk to you. And so um, it takes completely over your life. There are some of you right now, and even in my, there are things that's happened to me that it completely consumed me and took over to the point that it was controlling me. And it had damaged my heart. It had damaged my life. And we'll talk about that here in a minute because it happened when I was in my ch- as a child. Now, there are two contaminations that happens. If you think about it, only two. Nothing more, nothing less. One of them is self-contamination. That's something that you do. Right. A sin that you're doing. What you're watching, what you're saying, who you're hanging, whatever that you're doing. That's your responsibility. Amen. That's how we can contaminate our heart. Okay? The second way that we can receive a contamination in our heart is what? Contamination from other people. You didn't do anything. You just had to eat the fruit of what they did to you. And there, I guarantee you in this crowd, there are some of you here this morning that there have been words spoken over you. There have been things done to you that you had no control over. You were abused. You were misused. Maybe some of you were sexually abused as a child and your heart has been damaged and you can't seem to get past that. And that is a spirit that has wounded your heart. And that spirit has lived with you all of your life. And it keeps revealing itself from time to time. It's little things because your heart is damaged and someone will say just the right thing and it triggers it and you go back to it. That's how you identify if you have a damaged heart. That has to be healed. We've got to get to that root. And so those are the two ways that your heart will be damaged. But here's what James tells us. We have to come to the place. We got to get it out of our life. It says, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly, humbly accept the message God has what? Planted in your hearts. In other words, he says, this is who I say you are, not what the words those people tell you that you are. 
You receive that word. Receive what I plant in your heart. For it is strong enough to save your soul. It's strong enough to save you from what you did. And it's definitely strong enough to save you from what other people did to you. But a damaged heart is going to struggle with this right here. Because the voice, the wrong voice is, is yelling at you saying, no, that's who you are. That's what you did. You are a failure. You're no good. That's it. That would have never happened to you if you would have been a good child. You did something to deserve this. That's a lie straight from hell. You do not believe that. You accept and receive the word that God has put in your heart, church. Not the words that's, that, that's, that's just blaring out there. You know, believers can be polluted from their past. And this is what God gave me this week because this is where I'm going to be transparent with you. It's hard to hear God's voice when all you hear are polluted voices from your past. And we caught this Wednesday night, didn't we, Brenda? Brenda lives in a territory where I live. Now, as your pastor, I'm going to be very transparent with you this morning, okay? So don't any of you use this as a weapon because I identified it's a spirit, okay? Look, you could throw me with a group of people drinking, partying, smoking pot, doing drugs. I don't care. That is, means nothing to me. I have no desire for any of that. I don't care if I was the worst. I don't know. I have no desire for that. Yet, the enemy's not going to tempt me with those things. No drugs, alcohol. You knock yourself out. I have no desire. Sorry, None. I don't need it. I don't want it. I have none. Even lust, you know, I, you got to keep an eye on stuff. But even that, the enemy can't even use that. But there's one area, and I'm going to tell you, where your pastor, where he'll take me in a tailspin quicker than anything. When my mother locked me in that closet when I was five and six years old, all day long, and said, You're a failure. You were born as a boy. You were cursed at birth. You're never going to amount to anything. Hearing those words, attacking my character, attacking what I'm trying to do for God's glory. If someone does that to me, it will send me in a tailspin so fast, and I will get down quicker than ever. But you know what? I've identified that is the spirit that was talking to me when I was a boy, and I've identified it that it's a spirit today. And you have to rise up and identify that when that happens... I've got to say, no, in Jesus' name. I am not going to receive that. And I find it amazing that the enemy will try to use that garbage to bring polluted words back at you. And the people don't even realize they're doing it. And Brenda, you have the same thing. Your mama spoke words over you, polluted words from your past, and it's spinning you in a tailspin, and you're the most positive, most encouraging person in this church. And you keep it up. Because give and it shall be given unto you. I'm proud of you. Kapow! It's grand slam, Brenda, what you allowed God to do for you Wednesday. And pow, grand slam for me. But you see, listen to me. But I identify that is the same voice. You can see it. That was the same spirit that you saw when as a child. That's the same spirit that I saw as a child. And I said, enough is enough is enough. Is I, I dare someone attack my character. I dare them now. Because I am tired of the polluted past voices controlling. It's not them, church. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's a spirit. How do you fix it? You got to identify with it. No, I am not receiving that. And there's healing that happened in your life Wednesday night. Because your mama means everything to you. And, and, but your mama has attacked you, has made you feel like that you're not worthy. And it's okay. Am I okay to share that? Okay. But you know what? I've got recording after recording after recording after recording. After, I'm going I'm I'm to start bringing it back at you. Brenda, the most awesome, I want you to save it, save it, save it. I got, you want to, I could, I could spend here all day, all the recordings that I've saved that woman of God constantly after a message, after I've gotten beat up and I've heard those negative voices from my past, I'll put that on. She said, Pastor, you the most amazing message ever. I don't do it because I, it was an amazing message. I do it because it's, it's reinforcing yes. that God has called me who I am and what I'm supposed yes. to do for him. Amen. Yes. Amen. And so stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Stop that polluted voice. Stop the pollution. Wow. I'm going to say it again. It's hard to hear God's voice when all you hear is, is those polluted voices from your past. How many of you hear them? Come on. Have you heard them? I hear them all the time. That's not true. You have a damaged heart. I've got to be careful how I say that. You do. You have a damaged heart. You have a broken heart that needs to be repaired. In Matthew 6, verses 15, and here's where, it, here's where it stems, Brenda. Here's where it stems for me. And this is where the damage is going to be repaired. And this is what the enemy does not want you to do. Because some of you, you've been wounded really hard, really bad by someone. They betrayed you. They stuck it to you. And then they walked away and they laughed in your face about it. Well, that's the enemy doing it. But here's what we have to do on our part. If you do not forgive, this is Jesus' words, if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's the first part of healing your heart, church. You have to ask God to forgive you of that damaged heart. And you know what? If your heart's polluted, it's going to contaminate your words with God, too. Let me put it this way. Hard to, it, it, it's hard to hear God's voice when your conversation is contaminated with him. In other words, if you've got unforgiveness in your heart of what someone did to you, your, your conversation with God is contaminated. And God says, before I can deal with the broken heart, you're going to have to ask for forgiveness. You've got to forgive in this area. of your, You have to forgive your mother. I have to forgive my mama. I have to forgive her. Because if I don't, I'm not going to hear God's voice until I get it right. Until I ask God to forgive me and I forgive them. He said, I, I forgive you. Now let's get on with it. Let's get this heart finally mended in Jesus' name. See, if you've got a sin against someone else, go and confess it to them that you may be healed. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I hung on this way too long. But identify your heart if it's contaminated, okay, so to hear God's voice. Identify it when you have a contaminated heart. Here's the second one. I've got to move quickly. Number two, identify when your heart has been distracted from hearing God. This is, this is very simple. Ask yourself the question, what distractions do I have in my life that's keeping me from hearing God? And by the way, distractions can be good. A lot of good distractions. There's a lot of good distractions. Life itself is distracting. Yes. 
Can I just be truthful with you here this morning? Not that I lie, but anyway, <laughs> I don't know why we say that. Pastor, we say, can I just, I'm going to be truthful now. I'm going to tell the truth. Have I been lying the whole time? I don't know why we do that. It's just a habit, I guess. But I'm trying to get my point that this is the truth. So now I don't know if this has ever happened to you or not, um, but, but life itself will distract you. You don't have to have a schedule planned. Trust me, when you wake up, it will plan a schedule for you. The grass has got to be mowed. The dishes has got to be washed. The house has got to be cleaned. The garage has got to be cleaned. The kids have got to go to school. You, you, got, you got to take them to this ballgame. You got to take them to that ballgame. I got this agenda. I got this, I got, or this meeting. I got this, uh, this program I got to go to. I got, 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 Oh my gosh, Dave and Denise are gone. We might as well shut the doors. We might as well close shop. No. No. It doesn't change a thing about God. God's still God. God's the one in control. So, and, and when people die, life goes on, church. And I know it's going to be hard for you to handle this, but if you die, life's going to go on. And the things you care about and things you get all stressed out about, it's going to figure itself out. If it doesn't get done, who cares? You're not going to worry about it anymore. You're going to be dead. You're going to be on it, hopefully, with Jesus. <laughs> so think about that for a minute. But, but in Luke chapter 8, verses 13, this is where he ties it up with the seed here. He said, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then what do they do? They get distracted, and then they fall away when they face temptation or they have a distraction that's more important. And you have to ask yourself this question. If you're going to hear God's voice, you've got to get to the place where you remove those distractions. That's why I love that Paul's app by Jim Eldridge. And there's some other ones I think John, sorry, Jim, John, I'm, I'm, I'm messed up. All the names and stuff, I can't even get Casey's, Cassie's right. But John Elliott. See, I told you, I'm quitting. I'm, I'm quit trying to pronounce names. John Eldridge. There you go. Thank God I'm not live right now. But anyway, I'm so thankful for that app. That pause app that he makes. I've got mine set that at 9 o'clock in the morning, it comes on, I take my pause. At 4 o'clock in the evening, I take my pause because I'm finished studying. And it forces me to remove the distraction, and I stop, and I listen to God's voice. And one of the great uh, distraction stories in the whole entire Bible is Mary and Martha. Remember that story? I mean, it's the great story. And by the way, Martha was doing something good. She was doing something good. As a matter of fact, I, I, I have compassion on Martha in the story. There's been many times like, man, Martha's, because that's, that was, sometimes that's us. We're busy, busy, busy. Nobody's helping me. Why aren't anybody helping me? So I almost side on Martha on this deal. If Jesus wasn't with her, if it wasn't for Jesus, I would have sided with Martha. Because <laughs> nobody else is more important than Jesus. So if there's somebody else is there, they're not going to win that battle. But let me read this to you. In Luke 10, verses 39 and 40, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet. And what's she doing? Listening. That means she's hearing the voice of God. Why? Because she removed distractions. Now watch this one now. Listening to what he taught. But. Martha was distracted by preparing this incredible, wonderful, 
turkey dinner, Thanksgiving, whatever, by the big dinner she was preparing. And we can do that. Well, I, I, I can't go to church this Sunday because I got this. Can't go. And I, I get it. I, look, I, I'm a big sports guy. And look, I, if you go on vacation, I'm, I'm all about it. I don't care if you're here or not. But, but if, if things just constantly keeps keeping you away from getting in the presence of God, being fed, I would stop and take inventory on that. I really would. As your pastor, I love you enough to tell you that. I mean, but I'm all for you going on vacation when you're in Florida, and I'm like, I'm jealous. I'm like, why well, want to be over there? You know, it's, enjoy. But, but there's nothing wrong with that. But remember what I said. God doesn't care that you have things. He just wants to make sure those things don't have you. Amen. So, so beware of that, because if you do, that could damage your heart, and you will struggle hearing God's voice because you'll have too much noise, too much clatter going on around you. Now, let's keep moving here. So in order to hear God's voice, you're going to have to remove outside noises. Get rid of them. Be intentional. So number one, number one, let's review. Identify your heart has been contaminated by junk. Be aware. What are you bringing into your life? from hearing God's voice. And number two, identify when your heart has been distracted by other things, okay? And they could be good things. But look, don't get yourself so overwhelmed. If the grass needs to be mowed, just stop and pause. When that pause app comes on, I stop. And you know, Brian, where's Brian back here? Um, he texted me this week, and it was during my study time. And I apologize, but I'm not going to apologize. That's my study time, Thursday. And, and, and I'm tempted to start responding back but no, God was moving so much in the message. He said, no, stay with me here, and I'll get with him later. It's okay. He was encouraging me, praying for me, powerful text he gave me of what God's doing. I thank you so much for that. He encouraged me. Sometimes if I don't, if I don't respond back, it's probably because I'm in the presence of God, listening to God, and he's more important at that moment, and I'll try to get back as quick as I can. And so identify. Here's the, here's the third one now, though. Here's the third one. Identify when your heart is too immature for hearing God, or from hearing God. Now, this is, this is, you've got to be mature enough to understand that you're, not, that you're immature. <laughs> We're adults here. I'm smart enough to know that there are areas in my life where I'm not mature enough yet to handle that. And you have to get there too. But those areas in my life where I've identified that I'm not mature enough to handle those, I need to get mature in those areas. That's the difference. And are you mature enough, and you'll know it, are you mature enough if some, a catastrophe happened to you today? You lose a loved one. Lose your job. Something massive happens. You get a, you get a catastrophic tragedy happen in your life, or, or maybe you get an incredible, devastating report on your health, are you mature enough to handle that? Ask yourself that question. Take inventory and ask yourself, be honest, am I mature enough? Am I mature enough to be in this position, in this, in this plat on this platform, ministering to you every Sunday? I had to get to that place before I took this spot. Yes, I am. But there are other areas of my life I got to get more mature in. I got to grow up. Now, here's the scripture and the seeds that I get from here. In Luke 8, verses 14, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. 
And watch what it does. And so they never grow into maturity. Now, this is what's happening in our world today, isn't it? Our world. They're not mature enough to make proper decisions. I'll be honest, our government's not mature enough to be making the decisions they're making. They got it all jacked up. Oh, trust me. I was talking to my doctor. Son, she was hotter than a billy goat about the foolishness going on in our world. She said, a a man and a woman? Okay, we, really? She said, all of my history, all of my study and my knowledge tells me what's a man and what's a woman. I don't even need to read God's word for that. But damaged hearts gets taken down damaged pathways. And the enemy will come in and he will trap you with this. And, 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 and you know what I'm realizing? And children, children are not capable of making mature decisions on their own. I'm going to say that out loud right now. I don't care who you are. They are not. They can't not do that. You don't look at a child and say, well, honey, who do you think you are? Are you a boy or are you a girl? The Bible says, train up a child in Proverbs. Train that child up in the way that he should go. And when he gets older, he or she is not going to depart from that. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The same way the enemy, if you have a damaged heart, he can lure you away with lust. He can lure you away with alcohol. He can lure you away with, uh, with drugs. He can lure you away with food, eating too much. He can lure you away with your sexual identity too. Making you think as a child that you're a, a girl and you know, you're a little boy. Now, I'm, I'm going to camp out here for a second. Is that okay? Because I want you to hear what I'm about to say. I was born and raised in a home with three girls. Never had a brother. I was seven years old. My sisters loved to play with dolls. They were girls through and through. They didn't have a problem wanting to be a boy, trust me. All they wanted to do was play with dolls. And they created me to be a human doll for them one day. (laughs) And I would see these girls coming over to the house, and I liked that. I thought, I like the way they're talking with one another. I like the way they're laughing with one another. I want to be part of that. That's all you do as a child. I want, I want this affection. I want this love. And they, they got me, and they put a little dress on me. And they put a little, little pantyhose on me. I don't know. And they, they, put, uh, they put me, my sister put her tights on me. And then they put me in high heel shoes. And, and they even painted my fingernails and, and put makeup on my face and put little bows in my hair. Now, I'm going to be, you're going to think I'm a weirdo now. I like that. I said, I did. I thought, this is cool. Everybody loves me. I'm the center of the attention. They're laughing. I'm, I'm the center. Oh, and at that moment, I thought, I guess I could be a little girl. I was only a girl for like a half a day. And my dad came home. You know where I'm going. Son, you talking about a demonic dad spirit rising in the house. He said, what are you thinking? And he realized they hadn't been spending enough time with his son. He was working too much. And I was being raised by my sisters. I was being, watch, I was being trained by my sisters. Train them up and they'll go that way. 
The enemy will pull you that way. And that moment, I thought, this is cool. I like this. And so I'm going to go. No, my dad straightened me out. He got me guns and knives. He said, cut their dolls' heads off. Shoot them up. Bang them up. Take, he went and took me fishing. He got me some night crawlers. He said, son, you stick your hand down in that bucket, and you get those night crawlers out. He said, matter of fact, if you're, if you're a real man, you'll eat one of them right now. You know, he just tempted me. We went hunting and fishing and, and got mud all over us, and he smacked me around. And he straightened me out real quick. <laughs> Train up a child in the way they should go. That is our responsibility. God has already planted the male and the female on us. It's our responsibility to take it from there and teach them in Jesus' name. Wow, I've, I've planned it way too long on that one. I could have had fingernail polish on today for heaven's sakes. First Corinthians, let's go here. 13 verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child the best I could. But, hallelujah for the but. When I grew up, I put away childish things, and I become the man of God God called me to be, and you become the woman of God God called you to be. Amen. Why? Because we were trained. That's our responsibility. If you do not train your child, there's a world that's going to train them. And matter of fact, coming up soon, there is a, 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 a transgender uh, a seminar getting ready to happen over here at the Mid-America Science Park. We have, we have a... a petitions back here. You want to sign those suckers? Look, I'm not going to let those people train my child, nor should you. So there, they get all mad about it. I'm going to get all mad about it because God, you know, he, he kicked the tables over in the temple. Hallelujah. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. The reason I understood as a child. No, we're not children anymore. We're grown adults. But if you have a broken heart and you're sitting here this morning, you might be a little confused there. Yes, yes, and you're getting sucked down yes. a path because you wasn't trained. You wasn't taught. And you stop listening to God's voice and you start listening to the world's voice. Because the world, the Bible says, every man is a liar. And God's word is the truth. Amen. Hebrews. I love this scripture because whenever you hang out with the right people, you'll start getting your life together. Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, People, let us strip off every weight, the fingernail polish, the dresses, <laughs> that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, that lures us away. And let us run now with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by what? Keeping our eyes open on our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We grow up. That's why we have men's ministries in this church. That's why we got women's ministries in the church. So men talk about men things. We talk about how to be better husbands, how to be better men of God, how to be better fathers. We got, we got women's ministries. That's why we, we got those, because we can talk about how you women can be better mothers, better, better wives, better women of God. That's why we have that, and I encourage you to go to that. Amen. Y'all good? All right, here we go. Number four. 
Number four. So number one, identify when your heart's been contaminated and identify when, you're, when you have too much distractions in it. And number three, identify, identify when your heart is just way too immature to handle stuff. And if it is, here's what we're going to do. Identify when you need to prepare your heart to hear God. If you're going to win at this lot, you've got to plan to win. You've got to prepare to win. And then, and only then, someone once said, you can expect to win. But how we do it? By preparing to win. I'm preparing my life to grow. When my pause app comes on at 9 o'clock in the morning, it says, time to take a pause. I stop. I'm going to grow. Comes on at 4 o'clock. I'm going to stop. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to pause. I'm going to listen to this man pour into me in powerful words of encouragement. But identify when you need to prepare your heart to hear God. If we're going to hear God, we have to prepare our hearts. We have to deal with the, with the contaminations. We have to deal with the distractions. We have to deal with this immaturity mindset that's in our lives. We have to identify with that, and we have to prepare to get out of that. And the first way is to confess your sins. Repent. Repent. Paul said repent. People don't like that word. Repent. All repent means is, is you change your mind. You're going this way. I'm going to repent, and I'm going to go this way now. Don't make it all what it's not. Repent. We have to repent, change our thinking, be mature enough. Say, God, change this stuff in me. In Luke 8, verse 15, it goes on. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word. And what do they do? They cling to it. Their heart's prepared. Their heart's ready to receive. And they're going to cling onto it and patiently produce a huge harvest. A plant that's immature is not going to grow any fruit on it, church. Only a plant that is mature and ready to bloom is it going to have fruit. Ask yourself this question, am I a produce of a, a, a spiritual plant fruit producing person? Am I producing fruit? If you're not, you may have that damaged heart. And take inventory. Say, God, this has got to be fixed. i got to fix this. 2 Corinthians 7, verses 1. Last scripture. Because we have these promises from God, these are promises. These aren't lies. Promises, dear friends. Let us what? Cleanse ourselves from everything. The contamination. Come on. Well, I'm, I'm not, baby. Contaminations, distractions, immaturity. Cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile your body or spirit and let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. We fear God. You know, God will always come to prepared environment, church. He will always come. But he's not going to come to a chaotic mess. Our services, we, we plan them. We, we, we plan. We have meetings on the weeks. You know, week, every Tuesday we have our staff meetings. Once a month we have our elders meetings. We plan around here. We do. But we also let God move. It's his service. It's not ours. But we're planning to win. And because we're planning to win and because we're preparing to win, we're seeing God move. We're seeing God do and show up. And I believe that God is mending your heart here this morning. I believe that. I believe there are some of you that you've got brokenness in you. I believe that there are some of you here this morning that, that there's some wounds in your heart and it's keeping you from really truly having that relationship with God. 
and hearing God's voice the way that he really wants to speak to you. And if you're here this morning, God can heal you. God can take care of it. But you have to do your part. You have to prepare. You've got to step out and say, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm done with this. I'm going to deal with, the, with, with, the, with, with all this corruption. I'm going to deal with this pollution. I'm going to deal with this in my heart right now. I'm going to deal with the distractions. It's constantly, constantly, constantly keeping me busy so I cannot get close to God. I'm going to deal with that. And I'm going to deal with the immaturity today because there are things that I get faced with and, and I blow up rather than handling it right. And I'm going to prepare. It's time that you prepare, church. It's time that you prepare because the price has already been paid. It's already done. All you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is say, God, I'm going to go with you, God. I've tried everything else, but now it's your turn, God. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to give it all up for you, God. If there's any wickedness in my heart, David said, anything, God, take it out, God. I give it to you. Will you stand with me pray? Come on. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power in the word this morning. And God, I I, I pray for this broken heart. I pray this morning for that heart that's been wounded. I pray for the heart that God, that's been really damaged by some past words and past actions that happened to them. And God, it seems as if, as I'm standing here, that they can't seem to move forward. God, they're in a place where they can't even spiritually breathe anymore. But God, today, we pray that this is going to be the final chapter, God. That God, that this morning, that they will completely surrender it to you, God, and say, God, I prepare my life for success from this day forward, God. I give you my life. I give you my brokenness, God. And God, because I know that you and you alone, God, are the only one that can really truly fix this brokenness in my heart. And I surrender it to you, God. I give you my all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.